This week on Death Metal Detectives, we're joined by Jordan Olds from Two Minutes to Late Night. And we are covering... Sorry. God damn it. I blew it. <laughs> Dude, this is our third Zoom, so expect us to fuck it up, Ed. Oh, it's okay. I won't say anything that time. Ah, say anything you want. That's the whole problem. Yeah. So we're the <laughs> ding-dongs. All right. We're doing... We're... <laughs> We're covering the Bloody Sunday Massacre, also known as the Bogfront Massacre in Northern Ireland. Because uh, was almost it was, that was almost the the name of the country. Northern the Ireland, yeah, yeah, it was close. Well, you gotta <laughs> say it like they do. I've already had yeah. four beers, so you know. So, uh, you, gotta, so you have to you have to slur. If you don't slur, you're out. Yeah, that's what we got going on this week on Death Metal. <laughs> Jordan, yeah. welcome, welcome. Glad to have you. Well, good. I I'm happy to be here. I like uh, I like mystery. Are we solving the mystery of the mess? Like, is that why you're detectives? Or actually, the va- the vague premise of this is that we link a gnarly crime to a death metal song. So we try to find a okay. death metal song that's lyrics are loosely based on this type of event. Oh well, with this one. You too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you too. Nailed it down. This song is brutal, man. I think uh, we're doing bolt thrower. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm being. I don't know. Bono was wearing pit bolt vipers. thrower song called Bloody Sunday. No, but it's just about fucking oh. killing people. So, yeah, and fucking their butts in war. All right. Oh, is that what happened on Bloody Sunday? Yeah, got yeah, bloody out there. Okay, man. well, let's read through. I don't know anything actually about it other than. Uh, it's pretty it's sh- shockingly not bad U2 song. This is a ton of fun because it's your classic uh, ethnic cleansing type of scenario with England going into Northern Ireland. Oh, wow. That's oh good. Well, <laughs> that's more awful than I originally thought it was. I think it's cool when it's white on white. I don't think there's any problems. I think you're allowed to snuff uh, out the Irish. It kind, kind of. I don't know. Like, I'm Jewish, so... White people have done really bad things to my, yeah, to they, my version yeah, of yo, white people. It's comeback season, dude. It's time to watch the whites get it on their home turf. Sure. <laughs> like, they don't seem to want to, but I, I agree. It's I, I don't know. <laughs> the most fun part about this, when speaking, of <laughs> speaking of solving a mystery, the fun part about this is you have like the Irish take of events and the English take of events. Uh, the the quick answer for the English is that they feel like the Irish were posing an incredible threat to them. Uh, you know, there was the, the Republic of Ireland is the main part of the island. And then there was Northern Ireland, which was controlled by the British um, all the way into the 90s. Right. So and what's crazy about this, too, is I didn't know that all the way up until 1998, there was essentially a small war every weekend in, I- in Northern Ireland. Really? Yeah, they were Every just weekend. Yeah, they just would go protest, war? protest, bring mortars, Literal shoot back and forth of each other. Warriors, like a whole army of them. Yeah, yeah getting yeah. after it, dude. That fucking rules. Yeah, you gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go work at the factory Monday through Friday. Then uh, this was what this is what Sinead O'Connor was pissed about. You guys got yeah. any poppers? I tried to go it all night. <laughs> Damn, dude, Ireland does rock. Uh, yeah, so nineteen sixty. Yeah, no, no, Ireland rocks. <laughs> Dude, this is the problem with Zoom. It's like not being in the room, the whole lag of... Dude, it has, Dude, Zoom has been the bane of my, like, uh, like, uh, of, like, trying to do anything comedy-related. I'm sorry that we're saying this in the middle of the, of the episode, but, like, damn, it's really hard to get your bits in there because someone else will be starting a sentence and they're like, oh, and then it's a polite off. You know, yeah. yeah, you gotta let it ride for a second, which is not funny at all. Yeah, everybody's gonna pause just like a smidgen, and then, uh, you know, that nat that natural momentum just gets stopped in its tracks. Yeah, but either way, 
Uh, let's find out more about Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Northern Northern Ireland. Uh, there was there was a ton of violence going on in 1969 between nationalists and unionists. Nice. It was escalating, and the unionist government was losing control. Unionists were basically on the side of the UK. The nationalists were basically saying, let's get these Brits the fuck out of our country. To prevent this and help assert the authority of the government, the British army was deployed into Northern Ireland. Initially, they were welcomed by some Catholics who perceived Britain to be a neutral force. And the time that the uh, local police got involved, they... The British Army tried to paint a propaganda picture that the local police were biased against Catholics. Mm. After this, though, obviously the opinions are going to change because, uh, like, they knew that pedophilia was going to happen in the future. They put their boot in Catholicism's ass. Oh, yeah, that rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You want to feel Eat bad because people die, but then you know what they're up to. Yeah. Are we coming over here and trying to fuck me kids? I'll show you how to get grassroots with my bloody knuckle in your asshole. I think it's Italian priests that are the horny ones are for they? the most part. Well, you know how. Yeah, they all maybe. fuck. Maybe. I don't know. They all fuck, I, You know how I, they are. I, maybe all of them. If I, it seems like it's just it's just like a building that's like, is this where we can? So I all I got to do is cool. All right. Thanks, guys. Um, but I don't. I'd like. Uh, are we going to re? Are we, are we trying to come up with like a take on like. Who was right? Because like Ireland, England shouldn't have been in so many people's uh, bullshit. Yeah, they, they paid. Over, they yeah. paid for it. They were over in India for a long time too. Yeah, they were assholes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah. <laughs> God damn it, uh, All right, so this is where uh, they they this the the event that happened at this particular time was in the city of Derry, and this is the second. Largest city in Northern Ireland. Happened in 1969, of course. The city was poor, and there was a huge inequality between the Irish nationalists and the unionists. Basically, the employers and who worked for the employers. The unionists are going to be the guys running the factories, middle management, owning the businesses. They all want to be on the side of England because that's where the you know they had to they pay their taxes to. They get their lobbyists to vote for laws. They're greasing the wheels, and the nationalists are the people who want a piece of the pie, but they obviously can't get it because they were born poor, and they'll fucking die poor. The oh, man, it's a lot of gerrymandering <laughs> going on, which yeah. is a lot of fun. Which just means that you know the rich people are swaying the vote by either keeping the poor people away from the polling places, so it's not a true democracy. Um, uh, get out of here. Rich people are bending the government to their uh, benefit. Never. Not an R. What a shocker. Oh, my God. The first time I've ever heard of this happening. So we're on Team Ireland right now, right, fellas? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're probably Irish. I don't know. Yeah, your beard's all red. Yeah. Scottish or some shit. We'll pretend today that you are. All right. I'm, Bri- I'm like British. Jewish, Spanish, and Finnish. It's a lot, a lot of weird. It's a six it's a weird dude. combination of things. It's like uh, all those people went into each other's countries, and they were all horny. So there you go, and then <laughs> you end up with a with a me yeah, at the dude. end of it. At the end of all of that decision making, you're the last in the lineage. Yeah, true Highlander. Let's well, yeah. All right, it'll it'll be uh, it'll be just like a little. Weird looking Jewish kid with a big head. Hooray. Head politics, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you got a head for politics, bro. Head politics. <laughs> That's when you're trying to get blown, dude. <laughs> you got to do some politics. <laughs> nah, I'll be cool. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. So the, the union leaders are obviously in charge of the gerrymandering. Uh, They're passing discriminatory laws against the Catholics, which is the majority of Northern Ireland. Uh, and this this eventually devolves into, or maybe evolves into, a, a Protestant versus Catholic battle, uh, which is which happened in Ireland since the 1920s. I mean, we're in the 60s now, so that part's kind of over with now. It's just the English versus the nationalists. Uh, the city was a piece. I hear of sh- about that shit all the time, still in Boston. Oh yeah, it's the same type of deal. Yeah, getting yeah. drunk, fighting, saying it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, so this is where Northern Ireland comes up with a group called the Northern Ireland Civil Rights Association that was organized as a setup of nonpartisan civil rights leaders campaigning as an alternative to military operations. Uh, in the early days, some of the unionists in the NICRA were involved in Sinn Féin and the official IRA's influence. The IRA is the Irish Republican Army, who back in the 20s was when they were having a Protestant versus Catholic war. The IRA was on the Protestant side, I believe, but they evolved into basically being a Marxist type of organization. And Sinn Féin was one of the more modern incantations of it. And they went on until the 90s when they saw when they signed a peace treaty. But once uh, the union, once this group started to grow, and it was, an, again, a non-military organization, meaning the old IRA was a paramilitary organization. They were trying to do a political type of coup rather than bring fighting into it. They were anti-violent Marxist organization, and they wanted to get the people behind them without getting involved in any more military conflicts. So Ryan. around the... Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know this is, this is the most boring part. The killing will start soon, and we'll be having a good time again. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm curious. Is this also, like... Uh, uh, is this what um, Emerald by Thin Lizzy is based off of as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah see, okay. he was the only black guy over there, so he got a bird's eye view of how those people would go on to treat the rest of the world. Hmm. You ever see that uh, interview with Liam Neeson talking about that time in Ireland when he lived there? Yeah. Where he, no. he just is like, I think he's on Oprah. Liam Neeson lived through this? Oh, Jesus. yeah. Dude, Liam Neeson was on maybe Ellen, and he just brought up for no reason, unprompted. Nobody asked him any questions about how one time a black guy raped one of his friends. So he. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> shit. I thought you meant. Liam Neeson lives through Bloody Sunday. I was like, that guy is a thousand years old. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was around then. Yeah, that was the seventies. I mean, he was probably fifteen or sixteen back then. Which yeah. you can drink in Ireland but when still, you're twelve. So that's so. Yeah. No, that's. Uh, he he was very. I he was wrong as fuck for uh, bringing that up. Um, or more so doing it. But why would you just go right. on national TV and tell everybody <laughs> unprompted, just like, yes, a black man raped one of my friends. So every single night I searched. <laughs> you just fight, like, I don't know if you got to if you're trying to turn uh, if you're trying to turn yourself into the girl with the dragon tattoo, you can also just say a person raped by my friend or whatever like jesus uh, his whole point uh, was he got over it <laughs> and so now black people are cool to liam neeson but also again wait, I'm really? no, that was the whole point i swear to god he was like i like them now but in my time i spent my nights hunting for the singer of thin lizzie <laughs> well he's gonna be really bummed out when he figures out what happened <laughs> actually um, he sold him the heroin <laughs> oh boy did liam neeson have like a drug past is that no, part that of was, i don't know that was, anything that was about not liam true neeson. at all i just one day he was in batman and then he was fighting shooting people on planes in a movie and then he got in and then yeah that ha i didn't know that that happened on ellen but i remember him saying that I was like, this is Fucked. Ellen, let me tell you. <laughs> I thought it was a tweet, but I uh, guess. No, dude, he was on TV. Just brought it up. What Hello. a fucking rich <laughs> Celebrities are maniacs. Oh, it's yeah. Just got, it's just so fucking weird. I'm sure he just woke up that day like, I've got to clear the air. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I the times. Rich and famous. When you're that rich and like famous, like in the world, the I don't know. Your entire world is different. So just the way you behave becomes really fucking weird. Uh, yeah. And I guess that's even, I used to think that that was like a thing that happens when you're just, when you're growing up rich and famous, but like Liam Neeson didn't get famous. Oh until yeah. He, he got rich like later in his forties until so after, then, after the hunt, <laughs> you can still become a distorted fucking. Weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe he just woke up and was like, let's rekindle the hunt. <laughs> oh, I don't know God. what happened, but it is, this is how, but this so is just awful. how crazy Ireland was at the time, dude. It was like, you know, I mean the, the dirty truth of it all is that the Irish people were brutally racist to any outsiders. And, but they, you be not to say that it's okay, but they, 
have been trampled on by the English and the Scottish. I mean, they've been a, they had been a warring society throughout their entire history. You know, it's an island, and it's so, it's coastal, so it's so easy to port in and out of that everyone in the area wanted control of it. So, no excuse, but they're very wary to anybody coming from the outside into their country. Man, I got fucking crap foot, dude. What is crap foot? You know, you sit on the toilet and your leg gets numb. Oh, yeah. God damn. That's because you have four sitting on a toilet right now? <laughs> Pretty much. You, I, there's a table in front of you, so you guys could just be on toilets. I, and I would. <laughs> oh, God, dude. You that guys have poor awesome. circulation, dude. You eat too much. Oh, no. Your arteries are, or you got you got Northern Ireland up here. Yeah. And it's cut off from the. <laughs> <laughs> Cut off. Is that what it, I didn't know that it was called crap foot. That's really fun. <laughs> I think that's a fresh one. Yeah. Yeah. Fresh too. Like but one. you see how loose this goes now. We're trying to talk about the imprisonment of a society. Oh, and here's yeah, I feel like there's a okay, team. But I do want foot. to bring up the fact that uh I think now that I'm th- 32 years old, I think that the word crap is funnier than the word shit. Oh, crap's, oh, crap's the number one word. Yeah. There's you know, nothing funnier than taking way a more, crap. And someone goes, <laughs> Ah, crap. Yeah. It's way funnier than what someone you know? Do you know where crap came from? No. The dude no who idea. invented the toilet, his name was Thomas Crapper. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Wait, no, wait. That's this is a Mel Brooks joke. Is no, it really? <laughs> is it really? But the, I thought that did was... Did you no, get no, no. by wait, that? Actually, I don't, I've never even seen a Mel Brooks movie. Maybe somebody was telling me I was on a fucking... This sucks, dude. <laughs> Damn you, it, man. You've told so many people that. Oh, I thought that was wait, real. Wait, is that real? Well... Because the there's the Somebody joke in Google Robin it, man. Tights, like at the end, when uh, King Richard comes back and it's Patrick Stewart, and he's like yelling, it it's like yelling at his mean brother. He's like, you know what? For your treasury, uh, from now on, all toilets will be known as John's. So that's oh, the yeah. same kind of uh, thing. That is the same bit, dude. Oh, I don't know that man. You oh. got you got telephone bitted. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you get telephone admitted yeah. from like a VHS movie from the 90s. Damn it, buddy. No, no, it's true. Oh, no, it's a real person, dude. Is it actually? 100%. Yeah. yeah. It's, an English, it's an English businessman and a plumber, dude. He, he founded Thomas Crapper and Co. <laughs> Literally his name? Crapper and Co. <laughs> He made That's three improvements hilarious. on water closet improvements such as floating and bollock. <laughs> water closet. Water closet. All right. Super oh, funny. Cut the crap. Very. Thank God, dude. I'm like, right. Cut the crap, dude. Uh, well, yeah. All the people you told that to are safe now. Uh, yeah, yeah I was embarrassed, good. dude. I, was I, was, I dude, love was knowing fun, that man. now. Thomas Crapper is yeah. so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's not getting any better than that. Love well, it. speaking of the British, uh, the British do not like the NICRA. Uh, so the, as they, you know, you know how any political movement as opposed to military moving in, all they can do is protest. <laughs> That's it. They just show up, protest, try to act cool. Uh, they had, the British had just recently introduced internment without trial which we currently have in america which is a lot of fun it's basically the patriot act but mm. in northern ireland in the 60s yeah. anyone that was suspected of being in a terrorist organization which at the time was called the ira by outsiders that's the irish republican army uh, anyone that was involved in that could just be placed in jail and the idea was to make them completely disband so they couldn't get to the people and spread any type of uh, anti-union propaganda a lot of people did get arrested, and that really stirred up the NICRA. And that's when they started demonstrating, having marches. And then that's when the Unionists banned marches across Northern Ireland because of what they called the threat of violence. And didn't Megadeth play a show over there? And fucking Dave Mustaine said something about the IRA and a fucking full-blown riot broke out? Probably. I think that's something that happened. Yeah. Imagine Dave, Dave is saying uh, has has a tendency to upset people politically. I mean, he does karate, dude. Yeah, when he do karate, you can't do whatever <laughs> politics you want to. Does he know karate? Oh, right, he got a purple belt. <laughs> he's a purple belt jujitsu now, but he's a yeah. he's like a, some kind of kickboxing. You would get beat up by Dave Mustaine. Oh, probably. That's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Hilarious. What do you mean? I'm only a purple belt. <laughs> 
<laughs> you gotta get that Vic Rattlehead defense system going. Oh fuck that! <laughs> uh, all right, Put so carabiner in your cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> so it, this is now. We'll fast forward to March thirtieth, uh, January nineteen seventy-two. Uh, a March on God damn it, dude. A March on January thirtieth, nineteen seventy-two. That's when the whole thing became a powder keg because again. They had been having their protests, having their march, their band. So every time they get together and start to march, the armies, the Union, UK army together are faced with a decision. Do we stop the march or is this a small enough turnout where we'll look like the good guys and let them continue? This particular case, the authorities in Derry decided to allow the march to happen. However... They wanted to bring in the British army and have them alter the route so that the march could only reach the Catholic part of the city and not disturb the wealthier Protestant area of the city. So they had areas already set up in the town of Derry that were considered no-go areas by the British army. And the main region was known as Free Derry. Road barricades had been erected to prevent military vehicles from going in and out by members of the IRA, who would brandish weapons in the public to let people know this is our territory? You can't come in here. That's familiar. Yeah. Not fun. <laughs> no fun. No fun at all. Yeah. And uh, Major General Ford, he was the commander of the land forces in Northern Ireland. And at that time, he promised toughest, tougher measures would be introduced to deal with the lawlessness in Derry. And what that referred to was just protesting. That's it. Um, the IRA gave these people essentially a safe place to go to. A couple of times in the 60s, this had branched out into a little bit of gun violence between the Army and the IRA. Like they would come up to the barricades and test to see if the IRA would fire. The IRA would fire. Maybe you, a person would get shot on the IRA side and they'd call it off. No actual violent 20 or 30 people dying type of scenario. Just short skirmishes. Mm -hmm. But enough to get the respect from the British and Northern Ireland Union-controlled army. So when the tougher majors came in, they deployed a battalion of the Parachute Regiment, which was an elite-trained regiment of the British Army. They had a reputation <clears throat> for being heavy-handed, and they were considered significantly more severe or tough than the regular British Army soldier. These soldiers are the ones that got deployed for the first time versus the march against internment on Sunday, January 30th, 1972. So you basically have army rangers versus a group of poor college kids that are protesting against internment without charge. Fuck. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's, it, it's such a bummer to read all this because of how similar uh, the summer was. Yeah. To, like, like everything that I'm picturing, I'm like, fuck, I see that just with uh with just you know, marshes that aren't even aren't aren't related to get the fuck out of uh our land, but it's just uh stop murdering us, please. Yeah. It's fucking dark. It's it sucks. It's a bummer to Yeah, I was thinking about that uh what the fuck was it called in Seattle? The they basically gave them mm. their own country for a little bit. God damn it. I don't know what's wrong with my brain, but they or it was Portland or Seattle, but they had a they had a whole, I think four city blocks to themselves where they had made their own living area. I don't know why I can't think of the name, but police decided, okay, we'll let them barricade it off. We won't go in there. They came within a week of having this area. The the people inside came up with their own police force, and the reason that it all got shot down is because the police force who was carrying weapons, acting immediately like police. So the thing that you're against, the whole motion was to defund police. They started their own town, immediately had police, a security force, which aren't government employees. And they went through and they ended up shooting a kid, a 15-year-old kid. And that's when the police God. moved in to take it down. So that sounds very similar to me, how there's a whole area of the right. city that's blocked off and controlled by essentially the new IRA and protesters. And then... It was only a matter of time until, all right, how are we going to break this thing down? Are we going to go in with force? Are we going to try to talk it out? Are we going to let them have it and just let it be the shittiest part of town? And that's where we're at. We're at an explosion of these people versus the police. 
and the military. And again, they've already had run-ins with the military where a couple of shots were fired. So that's the situation that you think you're getting into at the most. They also have pretty modern riot gear in the 1960s. They've got rubber bullets, right. they've got tear gas, they've got batons and shields. So it doesn't look that different than it would look today. Same type of gear that they'd be firing right. into the crowds, which is always fun. You ever been shot with a rubber bullet before? I've been hit with tear gas before. Uh, I've never, I've, I, I've been shot at with rubber bullets. Uh, in 2008, I was uh, helping a documentary about uh, the anarchist march in um, in uh, Denver, Colorado, where the DNC was happening. And there were just a lot of, um, uh, there were a lot of marches through that. And um, like all, uh, like anti-capitalist marches eventually just uh, cops just start shooting shit into uh-huh. crowds of people. <laughs> they love it. <laughs> they love it. Yeah. Love to do it. Two things cop loves, whooping their wife's ass, shooting at people. Yep. Yeah. We got uh, footage on the news of uh, like a cop of like a cop re- just going uh, way too ham on somebody that literally just had like a can of like spray paint that was capped classic yeah fuck i uh i got tear gas and rubber bullets in i was at a converge show in call i grew up in colorado uh and this was at oh wow this was in boulder i think 2001 i was like 15 16 and we had gone to see converge play it was right near the university and the University of Colorado had just lost the national hockey championship, so people were rioting in the streets. And that the- sounds like uh, 2001 Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the riot. Yeah, and- the Avs were too powerful. Oh, yeah. Well, it was actually the the, uh, the Avs were powerful then, but this was the college team. The, the old oh, the college. Oh, we're talking. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. And so the cops heard Converge, opened the doors, and fired tear gas inside because they thought that was, you know, Part of the protest, so everyone had to fucking storm out of there. And uh, dude, I gotta ask Ben about this. I yeah, did he'll not definitely one hundred percent know remember. this happened. Yeah, yeah, at the in Boulder, Colorado. I want to say two thousand and one. Damn. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him. Uh, like, did Ka- I'm, I'm, do you remember this happening? There's no way you couldn't. <laughs> they fired two no guys way into you the couldn't. Yeah, yeah. And then um, so you get out in the but, streets, and there's like a full blown like college hockey riot going on, and yeah, they fired. Rubber bullets, more tear gas. It was wild. That fucking sucks, man. That sucks. Yeah, for a teenager, it was pretty cool until you got, like, tear gas and shot. <laughs> but up to that point, it rocks, dude. Converge scared the shit out of me, too, when I was a kid. Uh, that, that, those were, that As, show like, was, a band? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, live show, you just would watch. But that show, uh, yeah, it was just real Converge-y, but I didn't know what a hardcore show was like, per se, at that point in time. So it oh, was, really? So how did you end up at the Converge show? I mean, I liked hardcore, but I hadn't been like I lived in Colorado Springs. So that was like a two hour away venture. So that was one of my first like one of my friends had just started driving and it was one of my first out of town excursions to go do something. Word. That makes it. It's it's weird now. Uh, now that I don't I don't live in because I grew up in Denver. Oh, yeah. uh, and I, there which I just remember it was like just uh like for a long time like there was really kind of no metal or hardcore scene it was kind of just like Ethan McCarthy from Primitive Man trying to put on shows in like loft spaces or whatever and then like a few uh like straight edge hardcore bands uh and now it's like a stoner metal mecca Oh yeah. Now. Well, like all of uh recreational. Uh, so. All of like um what the fuck is it? Like uh all like west the west side of Denver is just leather jackets and beards and people with drop C guitars. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, it's cool over there. Uh we went to I've been to uh that true brewing place. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Denver rocks. It's very cool now. It was cool when I was a kid to me. I mean, I, again, I was in Colorado Springs, which was this much smaller, shittier place. So anytime yeah, I could go there. But there I had was... a lot of friends in there, uh, in Colorado Springs. Um, I, um, 
I lived like just kind of right outside of uh like Denver in between like downtown like I in like uh in like near Cherry Creek but like not in the rich parts oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. at all. You know Sam Talent? Um, huh? You know Sam Talent? I don't. Oh, what a dork. Not you, Sam. He thinks everyone, you know, you'll find out. You won't find out, but he's a guy that thinks everyone knows him. He's a comic. He's very funny. And he just has like, he has a huge book out right now. But uh, I love it when people have never heard of him. That rules. (laughs) Especially from Colorado. (laughs) Not really shit on his ship. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, he's like, uh, I'm going to, he thought that he was like a hardcore kid, but he definitely was definitely a poser that I, you know, sniffed it out. And now here we are breaking the case again. Another. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I wasn't. No, uh, no, no. Like, uh, <laughs> no, no. He's a poser. Not, you can say it. I wasn't like, a, <laughs> like, dude. For a long time, like, I had I had like one band, but it wasn't even like a hardcore band at the time because there was just no one to play this kind of music with. No one was interested in it. There was only like a few. There was a lot of scene bands. I remember scene kids and like I by proxy was like i'm in this scene now uh but you know there were no there was havoc were you we uh, havoc uh, <laughs> like you fear before the market flames guy yeah i remember havoc they're still out they kind of yeah. rock dude uh, thrash band yeah they still kick a lot of ass uh but that was bananas like they're they've been a thrash band the same type of thrash band since I was like 12, since they were 12 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They stuck to it. They were, this is what our logo looks like. <laughs> this is what we, I was, no one else was doing Metallica or anything related to just like the 80, like early 80s thrash. Oh, it was yeah, admirable. Yeah. They stuck to their guns and they succeeded. Good yeah, that them. new album, I hadn't listened to him in forever. That new album rocks pretty hard. Yeah, it's good. It's like a Megadeth sounding. Were you like, yeah. a fear, were you a fear before the March of Flames kid? I remember them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, them. Va- I think I saw them like one time. Mm-hmm. That was like um, the the what I would consider, I guess, a, the scene band back then when I lived around there. And they got big. Yeah. They were like on a bigger label, from what I remember. But yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Denver yeah. was uh, crazy. Yeah, it was a lot of like house shows. There was a place called uh, Socks Place that was like a yes. way- wayward youth shelter that did hardcore shows. I and remember Socks. How old are you? I, I probably. Saw- I've seen I've seen all of the fuck I can't remember like any of the hardcore bands. I just remember that like there was the straight edge hardcore band with the with the guy who always performed in his glasses and I kept waiting for his glasses to fall off at one show and get stomped and it didn't happen. That's a pro, one that's time. A, that's a true pro. And dude. He was And when you're sober, huh? when you're sober like that, dude, that's that's why they're straight edge so they don't lose their glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've broken um, I anytime I've like fucked up my glasses because I was drunk. Dude, mosh and drunk. Number one casualty. Mosh and drunk. Speaking of, of speaking of mosh and drunk, let's get back to the streets for a second. <laughs> Word. Uh, yeah. So this protest is going on. Um, the paratroopers get deployed. And again, these are the type of fucking guys that uh, are, are looking to cause trouble. I mean, they... I mean, there's a there's a local guy, Ivan Cooper. He was one of the organizers of the march, and he was saying that he saw the paratroopers drinking on a side street. He seemed like they were getting hyped up, like they were going to a soccer match. They were chanting, pushing each other, like they were ready to get into some shit before the march had even started. Ivan was a staunch pacifist. He met with the leader of the provisional IRA, which I, the IRA broke into two branches, the provisional IRA and the real IRA. The real IRA actually wanted to be the nonviolent group. The provisional IRA was the armed paramilitary branch of it. They weren't segregated, but he went to talk to the provisional IRA to make sure that they would not bring weapons with them. They didn't want to show a force at all because, again, that's against what they were for. They wanted to show the military that, hey, you can get shit done without force. Ivan says that that day... Should I do a bad Irish voice? Yeah. Probably. All right. Yeah. I told him that if the march wasn't going to be nonviolent, unless I couldn't receive assurances to the effect that I would not be continuing to support it. 
right. I got Miss Doubtfire pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a that drive exactly by fruity. What it was. <laughs> That's the only Irish person I know personally. <laughs> you know, you know the ghost of Robin Williams personally. As yeah, Miss Doubtfire for sure. I mean, I definitely right. wanted to see when whenever her. I I got hard when she took off the dress and had that bodysuit on. Yeah. That's, he, what, that's what I thought. Had big knockers, like, yeah. yeah. That's what yeah, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Like had, had a set. <laughs> this is like, uh, this I guess is this is like the thirty-year-old version of the uh, of like the Wayne's World scene, where they're on the car, and Garth goes, uh, "Did you ever get turned on when Bugs Bunny would dress up like a woman and wear a dress?" <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> Missed this out fire uh, when she dumped them. I was is, in. Uh, but now, but now it's um, yeah. I tried what to you're fuck, into, man. I, I wanted to fuck every lady at church after that movie, dude. Because I was like, that's what the tits look like. I gotta see them, man. <laughs> they rock, dude. Pretty upright. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to. I want them to be like couch cushions in the seventies. Yeah, couch cushions making me casseroles, just laying around, dude. I love looking hole and eating casserole. Awesome. Yeah, so it was, uh, and and what made the provisional IRA actually not? They weren't trying to listen to these Marxist dorks. The reason why they didn't want to be armed is because they knew if anything broke out, that the propaganda would just spin it towards the IRA causing problems. So they were on board with showing up with no weapons. Uh, the it was, they had said that on, when the march happened, ten to fifteen thousand people showed up to take part in the march. It began at the housing state of Cregan and made its way down to Bogside. Bogside is the largely Catholic area just outside of Derry's old city walls. There was a very relaxed atmosphere in the air to start with. You know, probably tambourines, drum circles, fish, yeah. incense, peppermints. People were just catching up with friends, having a chat, standing around, figuring out what to do. Meanwhile, the British Army started setting up barricades. The Army's plan was to erect 26 sequential numbered barricades, one on each street, that would cut off access to the center city by the protesters. Each barricade would consist of wooden knife rests, barbed wire concrete slabs, and they would have a set number of British soldiers and two armored personnel carriers behind each barricade, which is a truck, an armored truck. The plan was for the army to not attack the protesters as long as they stayed in the permitted area. And to, to particularly brutal, I can see a picture of it, you guys can't, but the, the knife rest is where they can put a knife on a stick and stab into the crowd. That's the whole setup, that they can stay behind Damn. the barricade but stab people. <laughs> so they had nothing nice. It fucking sucks. Yeah, for sure. Hard <laughs> wire, stabby. Yeah. They, had no, they didn't have good intentions. Stab stick. Would be a better name instead of knife rest. Yeah, that's exactly what it that is. Sounds, yeah, knife rest sounds like it's a bed for a knife. <laughs> knife yeah. stick. I totally understand what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. So the march continued down Bogside until they neared city center and they began to approach the barricades that had been set up. Because of the barriers, the organizers changed the route of the entire demonstration. They intended the area known as Free Dairy Corner to be their destination. The paratroopers had already set up camp in a derelict building on the side of Barricade 14, and they were hoping to outflank the protesters and launch an arrest operation. And again, there's no reason to arrest anybody. At this point, they're just marching. They wanted to go to the city center. They saw the barricades. They said, all right, let's not get into it. They turned around. And then the paratroopers had planned on them turning around and are ready to now ambush the parade. And this, of course, here is where a drastic turn happens between what the British will say happened and what the nationalists will say happened. Instead of continuing straight, the lorry, which is a very hilarious British word for group. Oh, the lorry. You ever heard that one before? Nope. Uh, I remembered it because we watched that fucking soccer hooligans movie. Oh, uh, yeah. What was the name? Mm. It was like the real Green Street Hooligans. It's awesome, dude. What it is is a group of fucking 40-year-old dorks getting together to watch soccer. Four-year-old? 40, 40, 40. 40. A, 40, a gang of 40-year-old uh, hooligans <laughs> would be awesome. 
But yeah, they just get drunk, and they, they, what they want to do is get involved in violence, which never happens, but instead what they do do is sing songs about literally everything. Tits. Oh, yeah, so they just pass by. This is like the highest level of sexual harassment I've ever seen. Is they, that a documentary watch? Yeah, 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 yeah. They pass by this balcony. There's a lady just standing there, minding her own business, and this group of, I don't know, a hundred fucking Irish guys <laughs> just start going, on cue, no prompting, <laughs> Pull your tits out, pull your tits out. <laughs> and they just walk around the city singing songs like that. Like, uh, have another drink. Yeah. You know, screaming at people. Fuck. It's like Dropkick yeah. Murphys. Yeah, this is uh. what, this is the whole, this is the whole movement for fucking that type of terrible punk. The fucking My, flogging uh, molly. Modern Irish punks should uh, go around singing songs, but like, in response to that, just, sorry about that. We shouldn't have done that. That was pretty rude. <laughs> Whatever. We'll not say Drink it's as anymore. Much as you want. <laughs> if you feel sick, go home and go to bed. Put your tits up. Yeah, Pull so your tits out, but only if you want to. <laughs> Here's a brief moment of consent. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the, the crowd gathering, uh, moving along, they, they swing away from their original destination, walking right into this ambush. Uh, some of the individuals in the crowd that were turning the corner and going around, they noticed that there were paratroopers gathered in this derelict building, and they suspected an ambush. So the crowd begins jeering soldiers and RUC members, which is the police battalion that was there. And thin, the, the adults kind of thinned out, but the youth is what they call them remained. So the younger kids began to throw stones at the troops. And the troops, of course, respond. Rubber bullets, water cannons, tear gas, um, this happened a lot, but never any gunshots. This group of paratroopers, they were in the building. They started to make a move around 4 p.m. When, again, the crowd, the younger people in the crowd started throwing stones and bottles at them. So in response, as opposed to rubber bullets, water cannons, tear gas, they opened actual fire. 15-year-old Damien... Damien Donahue was throwing stones. He got shot. He survived his injuries. But John Johnson, who was just a passerby at 59 years old, was shot twice. He ended up dying of his injuries four months later. The, the, the soldier that had shot those two claimed that youths were throwing nail bombs. But there's never been any evidence found. All that they could find anything to corroborate with is that they were throwing rocks and bottles. That was it. That sounds like some cop shit. Yeah, of course. Like, uh, it's some cop shit. There's yeah. an explosion nearby. Uh, yeah, so the, the first shot that happened had been fired from one of the soldiers. It hit a nearby drain pipe. They were able to go back and time lapse that, you know, the, the group didn't shoot at them first. The paratroopers got permission for the scoop-up operation at 10 past poor. That's when they entered into the barricade. Meanwhile, 10 armored personnel carriers had entered through barricade 12. That was the first time British troops had entered the bogside part of Derry in daylight in six months. And they had already been briefed that they were if they breached the barricades, they would be walking into an IRA ambush. The sight of the vehicles caused panic in the crowd, and the Seville Report, the newspaper at the time, concluded that while some civilians threw stones and bottles at the vehicles as they came into the bog side, the general reaction of the crowd was to run away in panic. Some of the crowd tried to flee, but they ended up stuck in the courtyard of Roosevelt Flats. Warning shots were fired to disperse the, quote, hostile crowd, but then the Wiggery Report, which we've all probably been written up in before. Yeah. Just doing general Wiggery, listening to Madball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wearing Air Maxes. Yeah. <laughs> Stated that soldiers came under fire while arresting civilians in the crowd, to which they responded quickly by shooting back, 
John Duddy, 17, was shot in the back and died. Father Edward Daly was beside Duddy when he was shot and attempted to bring him to get medical attention. There is actually video footage showing Father Daly waving a blood-stained handkerchief at soldiers trying to get Duddy to safety. So according to the father, you know, obviously there was no shots being fired from the crowd. The soldiers opened fire under no prompt. There was no violent threat whatsoever. God damn. The rest of the armored vehicles. Wow, in- awful. Jesus. Yeah, regular cop shit. You know, again, if yeah. you give him the oppor- <laughs> if you give him the opportunity, and there was no clearance, yeah. there was no clearance to do this. It was just clearance to arrest them. But what they're going to end up saying is that they were told by any means necessary to yeah. to, to, to disperse the crowd. That's going to be their defense. Um, the rest of the armored vehicles ended up on Rossville Street and Kells Walk. At Kells Walk, the soldiers encountered men standing on a rubble barricade. In the middle of the road facing them, the soldiers claimed that these men were identified as gunmen and nail bombers. And again, these are just men, nothing in their hands, walking down the street. The police at the barricade just opened fire on them. And seven men were killed by the hands of police. No shots fired back whatsoever. William Nash was shot in the chest and killed. John Young and Michael McCade ran to help William, but they were both shot in the face. William Nash's father, Alexander, ran forward to help his son and was shot, but he survived and was able to recount the entire tale. Uh, The Wiggery report states that William's father was shot with a low-velocity round, and uh, the police would try to claim that it was inflicted by a civilian fired haphazardly, but then the ballistics would go back and link it to a personal handgun of one of the officers. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. that's how the rest of the day goes. I'll, I mean, th- th- this is basically, I, I'll rush through and not get through all the names and shit, but uh, it's just groups of, of men being alone and walk, not even walking towards a barricade, just where it basically seems like the chances they have to open fire without any repercussions. I mean, there's no cameras per se, so if they feel like they're alone with people, they just ended up opening fire on them. Uh, after the shooting stop, civilian doctors rushed in, uh, army medics rushed in. There was no injury to any of the soldiers. There was no injury to any of the local police. And they went to launch an investigation immediately and search some of the protesters trying to leave the scene and some of the wounded people. And that's when a report came out that they had found four individual nail bombs on a dead person, but it was civilians that had searched him and then a soldier that drove him to the army post and there was an army medical officer. All of those that had actually encountered the body would go on record and testify that they did not see any bombs on the guy that they tried to blame it on and that they were planted by the army if there had been any at all. Never seen cops do that either. (laughs) Yeah, wow. Planting... Yeah. No so, way. I'm surprised wow, they didn't have yeah. crack. <laughs> also, weird choice with nail bombs. Yeah, they're like, just oh, giant they had nail uh, bombs. Big Max Cavalier okay. fans. Is it fucking, I don't I like I don't really know a lot about uh nail bombs if you can buy them or you have I'm assuming they're saying nail bombs because they have to make them. Yeah, it's like a pipe bomb with nails in it. Yeah, basically. And, uh, you know, this is a thing is that like the IRA, they would be classified as a terrorist organization, but by who, you know, they were, they were fighting for Irish Republic's interest, but they did have, I guess at that time in the twenties and thirties, even all the way to the nineties, what you would call terrorist tactics. I mean, it was urban warfare, so they would be called like a guerrilla by the people around, but that's also propaganda too. You know, like, I don't know if the IRA was good or not. I'm not smart enough to be that guy. But I do know that there's a lot of people that get called terrorists simply because they're going against like the status quo. So, you know, in this situation, I feel like the police were 100% wrong because the soldiers shot for 18 minutes, 26 unarmed civilians had gotten shot, 14 of them died, no on the law enforcement side were injured. Uh, At the aftermath of it, the, uh, this, that's what it ended up being named Bloody Sunday. And this set off a whole slew of events that, again, lasted all the way into the 90s. Uh, They called this time the Troubles in Northern Ireland. Uh, There had been a little bit of violence before, however, not to this level. And that just led to 
the IRA fighting against the the government and any chance that it could uh, more what they would call terrorist activity and then a bunch of disenfranchised angry young people again just like we see here but a little more violent probably on their end but all this lasted all the way until 1998 um, then they ended up doing an investigation in the in the 2000s and Tony Blair was in charge of it and they decided that the British Army was entirely at fault. So that's it. Good job. Good job, Tony Blair. Yeah, he stinks, but he was right. <laughs> this yeah, no. I was going to say, I think this is the first time anyone's ever said that. Most likely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, by me. I mean, yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's clearly entirely their fault. Um, well, um, there are two. Uh, what do you do when there's like are we trying to find a we're now trying to find a death metal song specifically yeah what did you pick i picked a bolt thrower in war there is no law i feel like that was probably probably suitable for it i don't know there's not anytime the cops are involved we usually go the other side that's kind of, oh that's, yeah, yeah always kind of, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah in, in this particular case i mean you like the way that the Irish got treated um, all the way from their inception, like I was saying before, but especially in this time, what, what exactly what they're doing is they're taking the lower class of Irish people and not allowing them to, to get any votes. This was supposed to be a, a new democracy and through mm-hmm. the power and reach of Great Britain into the unionists in Ireland, they allowed them to have no say. So that mounts frustration. And then when they go to try to protest and, and be peaceful about it all, they get shut out, and then that leads to more frustration. That leads to just full-out military attacks on civilians to try to quelch the whole thing. And they did for the longest time. And like I said, they just have, basically have weekend wars <laughs> all the way until 1998. So, yes. yeah, cops suck. England sucks. They might be yeah, cool today, but fuck them, dude. Yeah. I'm still against them, dude. I'm anti-UK right now. I'll say it. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, I like a crumpet or whatever, but yeah, no, they fucking... Uh, what's, what's his name? Uh, Boris is awful. They're doing awful shit. The, the, the Brexit thing was dumb as fuck. Um, if I'm going to pick a song, I... Um, I don't know. Uh, Napalm Death, maybe. <laughs> like, oh man, they're on the UK side, dude. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so <both are> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true, Dave. Physically, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, mentally they're with Ireland. That's cool. We'll we'll go with that. <laughs> um, probably. I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't know which. Song. All of them, like they're extremely political. All of them, yeah. Every song is about hating the UK's politics, so that's a good choice. Yeah, we're with it. Making yeah. vegan fudge with avocados. Yeah. How do you look that gross when you're a vegan? I don't know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you can just le- eat the Lady Gaga Oreos, and that can be your diet, and you're vegan. That's true. That yeah, every true. vegan I've ever known is only eating Oreos for the most part. I it's like there are more options now. Sure, uh, it's very easy to be vegan if you, if if you want to. But yeah, for a while, like you know, when I was in high school, all my vegan friends were just like their diets were a banana and an avocado, and that was what they. I just uh, ate my own cum. Whenever I was vegan, who's eating my cum? That's what you're up to right now. No, I mean no, I'm not a vegan right now, but when I am, I, I eat mean my that's cum. just what you're up to. Andrew. That's just what you're blurting out. That's what you're blurting out right now. Yeah, that's redistribution right. of the protein. <laughs> All right, then. Did you well, really? Did you really eat your cum? Of you course. You look at him. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I had before an accident. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I've been laying down and beating off and actually got some in my mouth. Had a big shoot. <laughs> you shoot that far? Yeah, dude. My shoot's crazy, man. I, you think I'm fucking... I think it, I'm... Man, it, my, it, it be my, like that sometimes. My fucking loads are not as powerful. They had a vasectomy, man, and they're not as crazy. But before that, man, I could fucking blow them. <laughs> All right, Gabriel. Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, hey, oh, man. Uh, thanks uh, what song are you picking, man? Uh, oh, we just picked the one. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh yeah. you got you get one choice. Um, I don't know. I well, like I I said Napalm Death, but it was kind of like just a a, a fucking cop out. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like uh, I don't, I'm trying to think if there's like a cattle decapitation song that isn't about the meat industry. <laughs> no, that's probably um, all they got going. Huh. That's that's what they got going pretty much. Just uh, anti meat. It's that and the carbon footprint and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, another absolutely disgusting bodied vegan. <laughs> What's happening over there? <laughs> Run a lap. <laughs> I yeah no I they uh, like uh, what's his name uh, the singer of that band forever like they became my favorite death metal band just because their singer looks like Greg Kinnear. Oh yeah, he kind of does. I was like, he looks like Greg Kinnear, <laughs> and the first time I saw them uh, was at um, what the fuck is it called? The Marquee in Denver, yeah, in Denver, and they were uh, like, they were like playing with I don't know the Locust or something. That's a hot. Um, and uh, I just remember, or like I remember, uh, just like watching. I was like, that guy looks like Greg Kinnear, and he was making he then ended up making like the funniest death metal faces <laughs> he was hawking loogies into the air oh, and great. just like looking like this and then he would catch it and i was like <laughs> the whole time i'm like this is my favorite thing because this this is good death metal shit but i'm also picturing greg kinnear doing all of this Spitting loogies, yeah. it's, Very cool. it's <laughs> way better um and then i uh and then they put out like uh, what, like the Harvest Floor, yeah. In like 2009, I'm like, oh shit, the music is now really good too. Yeah, they rock, dude. I'm in rule with it. I'm with it. They fucking rule. I love them. So I don't know if they relate to the. I don't know. My picks are, uh, my picks are just Emeralds and and Bloody Sunday by U2. Emeralds a fuck good one, it. dude. Yeah. Emerald rocks. That's a hell of a riff right there. That thin Lizzy shit makes you want to break the fucking law, man. Yeah, it does make you want to do cocaine <laughs> stab sure. It really does. Makes you want to get this, the old so stab badass. stick out and fucking poke them, dude. <laughs> We've covered so many fucking thin Lizzy songs on the show. We, I think we have like more that we're going to do. Yeah, dude, they always rule good. too. Uh, yeah, well, I was gonna say, dude, we I've had a ton of fun. That's definitely the best quarantine thing that's been coming out. Oh, thanks, man. I started watching them a bunch when you got Dwid on there. Hell yeah, dude! I was I I, I wanted to know, if, like I getting Dwid on there. I was like, this is for like niche hardcore people and other bands. Yeah, Integrity sure. is a band's band. For the yeah. most part, he still sounds so cool too, though. So you're not. Yeah, he's very unique. He's a cool. He's such a cool dude. We, we, uh, first met him. He asked to like. He found out that we were at Psycho Vegas and shooting a bunch of shit, and he asked someone if he could be a part of the videos, and we were like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, but I met we, him. I met him last like year. He's super last fucking nice. Who I expected to be into our show. Yeah, he likes a lot of at stuff. All. He's a cool guy. And wanted to join it. He fucking rules. That band is the fucking. They're so fucking cool and unique. Yeah, one mm-hmm. of my top five favorites of all time. Hell yeah. yeah. I uh I was happy. Like, I we we chose uh I wanted to do like hardcore uh like misfits and stuff because i saw him uh at vegas um w- when we first met he was like i was just singing misfit songs uh with the backing band <laughs> with oh, like man. dave and uh the other guitarist and it was uh it was fun that i got to do that during sound check so it was like that fucking kicks ass yeah, and I'd also, love to hear that. Now that's in my mind forever. Sounds cool do too. <laughs> Misfit songs with uh with Dwid. Do more. <laughs> yeah, man. We got it. Yeah. There's gonna be cool. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll always make Dwid do stuff. Like he popped in on the Anthrax cover. He's just, he's gonna be. Um, he's like a side. He's like a fun side character, 
in our sitcom now. I'm loving it. Like he's Uncle Leo in our Seinfeld. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Seinfeld and DeWitt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? No, he's David Putty. That's who he is. Oh, all right. Because he does remember, fuck for Putty. sure. I don't think Uncle Leo fucks. I've got a feeling DeWitt's still probably up to it. <laughs> <laughs> he, listen, his son is in there, so he he, dev- he at one point fucked. He's dropping him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fellas. I It's actually... Uh, I'm like 10 minutes late to another thing that I got to do. Yeah, thanks for hanging uh, out that long, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks, man. We're ready to rock. We'll, uh, you know, check out Two Minutes to Late Night if you haven't. You're doing covers for forever probably now. They rule. So yeah, we'll, dude, we, I'll put a link up or whatever you want me to do. Yeah, man. Link it to the, link to the Dwid video. All right. Uh, the Halloween too. Hell yeah. It's not Halloween, but who gives a, who would fucking know? It's been March for a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Jordan. Thanks, All right, fellas. Thanks, Thank man. you for having me. Uh, it was cool talking about sad uh, Irish uh, police brutality. <laughs> yeah, kind of a bummer one, but you you hung in like a champ, dude. Yeah, man. I mean, listen, it's an important uh, event. It's weird that, um, I don't know, that we keep finding proof that we don't learn anything from the history of humanity. And we nope. really fucking it's the cops same cycle. Fuck, Let's cops, kill cops. <laughs> uh, <bye guys. laughs> you heard Jordan say it. <laughs>